Hey, what's up? My name is Jordan Morrison, and this is episode 43 of It Is What It Is. And I keep messing up, I keep embarrassing myself, I keep embarrassing myself in the snow. I went for a little walk here in Nashville. And if you're in Nashville, you know that there's still snow on the ground and it's still freezing cold. And I keep messing up. I, d I don't know how to behave in the snow. I just, I didn't grow up in snow. So I don't know. I don't know about the snow. And when I, I was like, hey, I'm going to go walk, watch some football. And I threw a sweatshirt on because it's cold. And again, I'm from California. So I think when it's cold, put a sweatshirt on. I go walking down here in Nashville to go to a bar. There's snow on the ground. It's below freezing outside. And everyone's looking at me like I'm crazy. Rightfully so, because I'm in a sweatshirt and pants. And they're in like parkas and beanies and scarves. And I was huddled thinking, damn, bro, they look warm. So I've got to figure it out. I guess sweatshirts are for inside when it's cold out. It's not good enough to wear the sweatshirt out in the freezing cold. But I'm learning that now. And I'm going to try to make that mistake a little bit less. I'll try to stay warm. There's been a few walks where I'm like walking around town here in Nashville, just trying to get some exercise, get my steps in, breathe some fresh air, try to get some sunlight. But it's hard. It's hard when it's cold out and when you don't have the right winter clothes. So I guess I need a parka and I need some more beanies and stuff. Um, especially if I cut my hair. If I'm cutting my hair, which it's happening soon, going to be donating it. Um, it's the reason I started growing my hair out in the first place. So I'm excited to donate my hair. But that was the first thing. That was the first thing I did wrong in the snow. And, you know, not staying warm enough. I'm guilty of it, you know. I've been guilty of it my whole life. I remember going out with uh, one of my high school girlfriends. My mom yelled at me at the door, Jordan, take a jacket. And I was like, nah, mom, I'm a real man. I don't need no jacket. And to this day, she still makes fun of me because she had to come pick me up from Pismo Beach because I was too cold that day when she told me to take a jacket. And I've still just, I, I've always been stubborn I could just buy a nice jacket, right? But here's my logic. The other day, like I last week, I was going for a walk in the snow. I was going to go get brunch. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring an umbrella. There's snow falling down. I'll bring an umbrella. It'll help me stay warm. I won't like get snow on me, whatever. I'm thinking it's like the rain, you know? But I got made fun of for bringing an umbrella out in the snow, which now makes sense. I get it. I'm from California again. I grew up on the beach. We didn't have snow, but I get it. I get that that's weird, but I have something for y'all. I have some receipts. I got some proof and here it is on March 17th, 1892 in Nashville, Tennessee, Nashville received the largest snowfall in its history. And for those historians, that's St. Patrick's day. Um, they received 17 inches of snowfall, which is still a record to this day. Back in 1892, they had 17 inches of snowfall. And you know what? The iconic photo from that day is a woman with an umbrella. 
So no, I don't think it's that weird to bring an umbrella out in the snow. There's a proof, there's receipts. Since 1892, we've been taking umbrellas out when it's snowing. So I don't want to say that I was right, but I think I was right. I think I was in, I think it was the correct idea. I also get why you wouldn't take an umbrella out in the snow, but that's enough about that. It's all I want to say about the umbrella in the snow. Um, but yeah, those were my two mishaps. Um, and I've learned, I learned a lot from the snow day. I did. I learned, I learned uh, quite a bit, which is good. And if you don't have to deal with snow days, I don't want to hear any yo complaints about no weather because it's freaking cold. You walk outside and it's you're in a freezer. And when I'm just in a sweatshirt, I'm like, damn, I got to get back to my house or I'm going to die right here on 12 South and Demumbrian. I've been saying Dem and Ruin and I've been just absolutely torched. I guess it's Demumbrian and not Dem and Ruin, but whatever. They both sound fine, I guess. Demon Bruin sounds cool. Demumbrian, I don't know. Whatever. I'm, I'm figuring it out. 12 South, it's a cool place to be too, I guess. Whatever. You guys get the idea. But what I learned last time I was on uh, Demumbrian, what I learned was I found my new favorite spot and I learned the most interesting thing. It appeared before my eyes like an epiphany. I had an epiphany about zins and vaping. Zins are for rednecks and conservatives and Republicans and smart people. And vaping is for liberals and city boys. And vaping is gross. So do with that information as you'd like. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you there. But if you think about it, it does make sense. It really does. Them blue collar dudes, they love their zins. And them city boys, they stay puffing on the vape. So kind of like it all clicked when I saw it side by side. I saw a redneck hitting his hitting his zin, and I saw a liberal sucking his pin. And uh it snapped, it clicked. That made sense. That made sense. Um, I had something that I really, really wanted to share on this podcast, and this is probably going to be the, the bulk of the podcast for episode 43, but I put out a song that I got some help with about six months ago and I'm super, super pumped on it. It's a cover from Joji and my buddy, Michael, he helped me put it together and he was the one that challenged me to, to do that project with him. And I learned a ton. And the coolest thing about that project was we set out to recreate Joji's Die For You, um, like it, it, the, the production behind that track. So, um, you know, like the instrumentation, um, the drums, the bass, the, the, the keys and stuff that are in that, that song, all that good stuff. Um, we set out to recreate that song and we did. And I think it sounds uh, very similar. I think it sounds super dope. And it's one of the things I'm most proud of. And I had put vocals to it like six months ago. I put my vocals singing the song right to it like six months ago. And it was, it wasn't great. It was bad. And 
I sat on it and then I like muted the vocals and I would listen to it. And I was always like, this is so sick. Like this song is, is so dope. And I remember while we were working on it, there was a moment when Michael was showing me how to, to get it to sound more like Joji's track. I remember thinking like, this is what I needed. Like I needed somebody to show me it could be done that like with the resources that I had, I could recreate a track that I love. And that was one of the coolest things that I've done to date. And I appreciate Michael so much for showing me that it could be done with that Joji track and all of my tutors, all of my tutors are fantastic. They all are sh actively showing me like it can be done. The things that you want to do in music, you can do it. And this is how it's one of the coolest things to experience is get help from other people and realize like, yo, I can get there too. And I really have been like seeing it and feeling it lately, which has been amazing. I'm so thankful for that. But that track, I remember it was the first time I was like, wow, you know, I, I kind of get it. Like it was things started to click for me when I was working on that track with Michael. So it had always been one of my favorite tracks. I put vocals on it. It didn't really work out. And then I came back to it six months later and I, I continued to try to put vocals on it. And although they were better and I was like, you know what? I can put it out with these vocals that, that I had done just a, like a week ago. I was like, you know what? This track means a lot to me for its production. It doesn't mean a lot to me because like I finished it with the vocals. Just the production alone on that sound alike Joji Die For You track was a game changer for me in my experience in like learning how to make music. And so instead of like forcing the vocals on it and putting it out, I was like, I'm going to put it out just as the production that I was super proud of that I had kept going back to to show myself like it can be done. Like anytime I look at it, it takes me back to that place of realizing and feeling, yo, this is something that I can accomplish. And it happened to me again today. It was the coolest thing. I went to um, my first lyric lesson with this new instructor and it was here in Nashville. It was like in person. It was so sick. And again, some of the things that we talked and discussed about around like vocal melodies and lyrics, I was like, this is, this is what I'm looking for. Like, however you're saying it is clicking for me. And like, that's just such a cool, good feeling. And I always do this. I always relate it back to baseball. I always say, this music experience and like learning how to make the tracks and the music that I like, it's very much tied back to my life in being good with baseball. Because when I was young, I was not very good at baseball. Like I was just average. I was an average, you know, little leaguer. I was an average Babe Ruth player. I was an average middle school baseball player. But like through all of that time, I remember taking like personal hitting uh, um, lessons with like a coach. And then I remember taking like pitching lessons and I remember having like a, a personal trainer for like strength and like speed and stuff like that. And then I remember going and like to these different camps and having like different like tutors and coaches and whatever for baseball. And I remember through that time of not being good on my way to high school when it's like, you better be good in high school. If you want to, if you want to play after high school, I remember I started getting better and like, was I the, was I the best thing ever? No, you know, but like, I think I was pretty good. I, I had multiple like baseball scholarships and I played division one baseball. So to me, knowing that I can look back on that and relate it to what I'm doing now in music is it's a game changer. Like I hate to say it, I'm so confident in my ability to learn something and to like be good at it because I've done it before and it breaks my heart because some people haven't 
gone through that grind with something to fall back on. And if, if you haven't, that's fine. That's fine. But like, go, go do, go grind something out. That's my best advice is I struggled with like anxiety. I struggled with like, just not feeling like I was living up to my potential. I struggled with like having highs and lows and whatever. And like stuff we all struggle with. I'm not saying that I am different or better for it having had happened to me, but like we all have struggles and whatever, right? Take that adversity and literally like go towards it. Like do something knowing that it's going to be hard. That's my, my best advice for you. Um, it's really cool when, when stuff starts to like click and fall into place. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, I think, uh, I think struggling through something really helps really, uh, really kind of really kind of makes you rely on yourself and when you have to rely on yourself. Um, and when you know that you can rely on yourself, that is some, just an amazing experience. Like you can't, you can't pay for that. You can't pay for, for the uh, ability to rely on yourself. So learn how to rely on yourself. And I promise that you will feel so much better, more capable. You'll feel, you'll feel great. Um, so trust yourself, rely on yourself. Just know that you got this and it's all going to be great. That is episode 43 for you. And I'll talk to y'all soon. Appreciate it. Later.